Because if we're not making conscious choices, your subconscious is choosing, your conditioned consciousness is choosing. You have to be consistent in your conscious choice making, otherwise your decision is being made for you. So ceremonies give us a container to, to commit to being more present mm. and accessing the quantum field. The evolution on our planet requires human beings to evolve to a state where they can actually self-govern, yeah. where we can live in autonomy. And so this is about freedom. This is about the difference between freedom and slavery at this point. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome down the rabbit hole. I am your host, Monty Hook, and today in the studio in Bali, I sit with speaker, storyteller, poet, and entrepreneur, Mr. Luke Cohen. Wow, we definitely went deep on this one. Humanity is at a very critical juncture, a moment in time where each of us needs to decide what kind of world do we want to live in. And now we have to make a stand for what we believe in. In this conversation, we unpack some of the solutions on how we individually and collectively can make a real difference. This was a good one, friends. Very powerful, very important. Definitely stay tuned to the whole conversation. Guys, I have a very important announcement. Lighthouse is opening in Bali in 2021. In the midst of this chaos, with the world locked down, businesses and livelihoods being destroyed, and people living in fear, we need people more than ever to step up. We need you to share your voice, share messages of hope, inspiration, wisdom, and visions for an era of new possibilities. With three soundproof video and podcast production studios, with high-end equipment and the ability to live stream and record to a live audience, Lighthouse is one of the world's best facilities for entrepreneurs, speakers, podcasters, YouTubers, and content creators to produce and share their most meaningful work. Lighthouse also has a cafe, bar, events, and workspace for entrepreneurs and creators. This is an amazing space you will want to hang out in. Whether you are already in Bali or you want to put this on your bucket list to travel to Bali and co-create in the world's most inspiring studios, you'll definitely want to join us here. Head on over to our Instagram at lighthouse.studios.bali or you can find the link at my personal Instagram account at Monty Hook. I look forward to seeing you in Bali. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back down the rabbit hole. My name is Monty Hook, I am your host, and I'm in the studio in Bali today, joined by Mr. Luke Cohen. Good to be here with you, Monty. What's up, brother? <laughs> Good to have you here, man. Uh, I know you're a man of many different talents and uh, backgrounds, and uh, you call yourself a speaker, storyteller, a poet, an entrepreneur, you're a mentor, a man of many talents. I did see a video of yours on Instagram, a seven minute, really beautifully crafted and produced storytelling of the current state of the world. And um, what's it called? Um, you, you need, need to, to hear, hear this. this. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Beautiful, really well done. So I encourage everybody to go check that out on Instagram. We'll give people the links. Sweet. And, yeah. But um, I think that's a good uh, introduction to you because it seems to be the, the foundation of 
what is behind all the different things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're involved in a lot of art and NFTs and many different things and sure. really looking at what does the future f- for humanity and the world look like. And yeah. that seems to be the foundation of who you are and what you talk about and how you tell your story. So sure. what's your jam, man? What's like, how do you, how do you describe who you are and, and what you're all about? Yeah. Often it depends on the context. Yeah. You know, a lot of people live in a niche world and I try to break boxes and niches. And so for me, the, the relatable piece in terms, in terms of the broad shark is culture. I'm here to change culture on the planet. You know, our culture informs our value systems, which in turn informs our behavior. And if we're going to, you know, turn the ship around, so to speak, uh, we need a culture that that's really allowing us to be more connected, connected to the earth, connected to each other, connected to our own source or whatever higher power you, you know, you can relate to. So, you know, that's, that's really the core of my mythos is, is bringing that, that harmony back that Mm. a lot of, uh, the, all lineages have in their origin, you know, before religion in their undogmatic connected origin. So that the myth of sort of tribal culture and, and indigenous wisdom, universal spirituality traditions, and, and also just personal growth and healing, you know, so that's my background. Yeah. And that, yeah. that informed my culture and then from, you know, started to bridge between a lot of different worlds and communities. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. No, I think it's important work because, uh, you know, the world has always had powerful business leaders, you might call them. And sure. then there's on the other end of the spectrum, there's been spiritual people. Totally. Um, but those worlds have not, I think until now have not really kind of coexisted. And, um, you know, there's people like me, you know, like me, this is from a, from being in the teepee yeah. and the ceremony and, you know, and I'm a business guy, you know, yeah. that's what I, that's what I do. And I think it's important work mm. to kind of bridge these, bridge these worlds. So, um, yeah. What's your, what's your jam? Like, what are you, what are you frothing on at the moment? Like what's the, the area that you're really kind of digging into and, and focused on? Yeah. Um, community and land-based projects and, okay. and the culture of that, the culture of the eco village and the, the re-inhabiting the village, mm. the, the return to, uh, understanding how we can live in harmony again. Yeah. So and this is kind of going back to almost village, village life, if you like. I don't like the idea of going back to, I think yeah. sometimes it can create this schism of like, Oh, I don't want to live in a yurt without Wi-Fi. You know, it's yeah. like, no, we can, we can, we can create something that's never existed yet. Yeah. This idea of ancient future. Yeah. Take the best of the ancient and the best of the future. Like and, that. and that's cool. You know, I love what you're saying about bridging worlds, you know, and that those, those worlds haven't collided really until now Yeah. because we actually need, we need businesses to be based on deeper value systems because the profit at all costs is what's, what's ravaging the planet. And yeah. there's ways to be in harmony and in alignment and in right relations and still yield profit and support, you yeah. know, our fellow inhabitants. You so, know. <laughs> so what, what are you observing in the world? Like what, from your perspective, what the fuck is going on in the world <laughs> in this last 18 months? Um, but, does he want to keep this up on YouTube or not? Yeah. Got, no, no. no well, okay. You can go, you can go anywhere. We can, know, we can bleep some words. <laughs> into, but. I've, I have some strategic words to replace other words that are yeah. quite hyper. Yeah. I think, I think we're undergoing a mass initiation. I think this is a, yeah. this is a great way of saying it. I think that the things that have been suppressed and the, the traumas of humanity are the sacred wounds of, of our collective of humanity. We all have our slice, right? Our slice of the sacred wound, as my friend Dan Regan likes to say. Um, that's surfacing on all levels. And so it's really nuanced. There's, there's the, 
dynamics between government right now, obviously, and, and people, um, there's so many layers to what's happening on our planet. And so, you know, I try to focus on the individual's journey and where the individual's journey meets the collective. Yeah. Because that's really, at the end of the day, we can only take full responsibility for our own reality and we can do things to impact the world. But until we're, we're really examining how we hold reality and how we relate to the world, it's hard to necessarily even focus on the full systems mm-hmm. change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a really big passion of mine. You know, I've been bridging with a lot of new systems people, people from everywhere from blockchain to eco villages to, um, you know, uh, you know, sacred economics, the governance, the coherence building models, all the things that are sort of this idea of civilization 2.0. Yeah. Like what's the upgrade? What, because what, what the pandemic did was it revealed what wasn't working anymore. So this idea of going back again, back to, mm. right. Mm, there's something to that phrase. Yeah. There's no going back. There's only going forward. And what was maybe normal, maybe wasn't actually serving all of life. And so let's look at how to move forward. And so you have this divergence right now or this bifurcation of people that are in a trauma response and are being bombarded with information. And we're seeing massive polarization across the board from, from many, many subjects. And I need to get into all those, but essentially something that churn is being unearthed. Yeah. And in that, in that sacred pause that we had, we got to we got to start to cook in some of that material in ways that I think a lot of people maybe haven't slowed down to feel mm. or haven't had the chance to really well, look I don't at. Think people have know? had a chance because yeah. it just it's a seemingly a never ending bombardment of <laughs> new things that just come out sure. every every day. It, it yeah. never seems to end. There's no space. Yeah, it's true. I, it, which it, which can be like if if I really look at it, I think it's good because the more that it comes to the surface, because I I don't know a year ago. There was a lot of people that I knew that were still sitting on the fence about whether there's some conspiracies going on and people sure. pulling strings and yep. you know what's safe and what's not not safe. Sure. I don't know anybody now who doesn't see at least the top yeah. layer of bullshit being sprayed. Sure, sure. So 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 that whole bifurcation right of of polarization. I, I watched my country get split into different camps. Yeah over the span of months and the pandemic was just the tip of the iceberg that put everyone into the trauma state to then find something to grasp onto and so lately what's what i've been feeling lately is how do we bridge the divide of of worldviews that are so seemingly like there's so much perceived harm on both sides yeah and and how do we actually come into regard for people rather than debating about what's right or wrong Everybody's right and everybody's wrong. And how do we, how do we bridge those things? Yeah. So, so if, we, if we come to some of those universal traditions and the orientations of how we can unpack or, or counsel or sense make around the state of our world or perception, knowing that we all hold reality different. You know, the Toltec talk about that we're all in our own dream, but we have this intersecting dream, right? Mm. You know, we, we, are, we do impact each other. There's, there's a shared reality here that we can come to some agreements on, but there's also nuance within the level of consciousness, right? And and our own individual dream where that intersects with the the collective dream and the piece that is a teaching that I receive. And I talk about this a lot with, uh, you know, when I'm consulting, uh, when there's team dynamics, because a lot of time team dynamics, you have people bring their invisible unresolved stuff into, into, you know, and, and so this idea that uh, truth lives in the middle of the circle and the truth is a totem pole and you might see a bear I might see a dolphin, you know, uh, you know, Putri might see a, um, you know, uh, an eagle instead of being like, 
you're wrong. It's not a bear, you blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a dog. It's like, tell me why you see that. What, why do you see that? I want to understand how you think and feel. So there's actually a space for empathy. Mm. Because when we lose the empathy, we can't, we, we're no longer connected to the other. The shadow projection creates wrong or bad. It becomes a threat. And then everyone's just being divided and conquered, essentially. Yeah. And so the, the, this idea of the totem pole is in the center of the room. We have to be invited in to be able to hold multiple perspectives, which is actually an evolutionary yeah. stage in development and consciousness when you can hold multiple perspectives. Yeah. So now, do, you, do, you, do you feel like if there are, we'll come back to this, but if sure. there are people who are pulling strings on society, yeah. if there are, um, they know this, right? And they know to keep people divided. Sure. I think the, the, the nature of our natural way of being is to have that sacredness. It is to, yeah. but Help each other. It's, it's, we've been indoctrinated into a world where that is just lost mm-hmm. and it is not nurtured mm-hmm. and it is actually pushed back against yeah i think by systems and society that i think has been done on purpose i resonate with that and i think so too um i mean oligarchies have been uh distracting away from them and and making the the peasants fight each other for yeah it's been happening for thousands of years yeah and and there's there's actually a continuity of wealth that can be traced back to these eras too that are are in continuity and um you know I can go really, really multidimensional and into a consciousness lens around this stuff. And I can also go very 3D, you know, very, very practical, grounded, just relational. And so I, I tend to, depending on who's listening or who's relating, well, I mean, like that's, the, good, that's, the, that's yeah. the thing about this conversation is that I think that there, there are people like you and I who have, and the audience who have their feet in yeah. both worlds. In both worlds. And they, yeah. they are interested in, in different perspectives. Sure. And how do you, how do we bridge this? Like, how do we yeah. talk about this from an esoteric, sure. you know, spiritual perspective, yeah. but then bring it to the 3D world? Yeah. So the, so the a spiritual perspective to bring in around what's happening, coming back to the word initiation, initiation is a massive, massive pattern interruption where something beyond your control, uh, interrupts how you're normally living to get you to get in touch with something so that you yeah. can expand in the direction or not contract right and so i think that this idea that we're in a collective initiation again is the all the unresolved stuff over time is all here there's there's echoes from so many times right now there's echoes from the plague and the renaissance that came after the the plague there's echoes of world war ii and and we're seeing actually the stages of of genocide you know from from classification to dehumanization like that's actually playing out i i I think that just the the methods have gotten smarter and they, they're now using generational tactics as yep. opposed to at least Hitler was honest and said, hey, you group of people, yep. we don't like you, we're going to kill you. Yeah, this at is more subliminal. Knew, at least you knew what was what. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now it's, like you say, it's subliminal. It's, it's under the table. Yep. NLP through repetitive, repetitive affirmation. Yeah. You know, people hear something enough times in a row and they're in a trauma response, meaning they're not fully in their body. So their intuition's a little less, is a little more yeah. wobbly and, and they're in fear. Or, uh, but nobody yeah. likes to think they've been brainwashed. No, nobody. No. Yeah. That's, that's really, I think Mark Twain said it, you know, it's either, it's easier to fool someone than to convince someone that they've been fooled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was having a conversation with someone because I, 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 you know, I'm a bit of a, uh, I like testing people, you know, and I sure. like kind of pulling people <laughs> pushing up, some buttons. <laughs> pushing buttons. And I was, I was with a friend the other day, um, and 
she made me a cup of tea and she filled the water jug, the kettle, like put a liter of half, half sure. of water in it to make one cup of tea. Yeah. And of course me being logical and I'm like, one cup of tea and I, I asked her, so <laughs> I said, why did you put a one and a half liters of water in the hot water jug when you only need one cup of water? Mm. Because that's going to use three, four, five times as much en as energy. And she yeah. said, I don't know. I've just always done it like that. Mm. And I said, well, maybe your mother used to do that and you just observe. You just mm. observed. Mm. And I think it's the case that so many people have these unconscious patterns yep. that they don't know where they came from. Sure. Everybody's got them. Yeah. Right. And yep. that's just one quirky little example. But I like it because it can give somebody an insight into, oh, why do I do that? And start mm -hmm. asking questions. Yep. And I just like, I question everything. Like, yeah. I question everything that I do, especially. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the, when you're deep in, in the work, that tends to be uh, an orientation. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. And I think it's a really healthy example, you know, the, to question how we hold reality is, is confronting though. Yeah. You know, to, to, to be open to other perspectives, even if, you know, our perspective is something, I think, I think what's, what's really interesting to me is people's lived experience is actually what's important in this bifurcation divide and conquer, you know, scenario that we're seeing, because if, if we can get to the lived experience and we can get back to the empathy I, and, and some regard, I think we can hold space for more people to make the transition into yeah. a little more closer self-examination. So like, yeah. you know, people on the, in more of the mainstream consciousness feel victimized by, by the, the virus, let's say. People in the anti-jab movement feel victimized by jab. And, but both sides are perceiving harm. Now, instead of making someone wrong why they think and feel that what they do, I can ask them questions yeah. that draw out the emotional state that they're experiencing, which I might even be able to relate to. Mm. I'm hearing that you're afraid, hearing that you feel out of control, you feel scared, you know? Okay, actually, I'm feeling that too on some level. And that actually creates a through line of humanity. But it's so hard once we, once we were firm in our stance and we had that much perception of a threat to, to dehumanize each other. And, well, that's, you, you know, and, and you can't have conscious debate in any way in those in those states as soon as i as soon as i need to be right yeah that means i'm making you wrong yeah which means there's no space for compassion and empathy once and, i'm the straw man then i'm just an object of transfers yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly so what's your take then if you want to go down the rabbit hole <laughs> what do you uh what's the word you used before um the, the elites, the, the, the families with the bloodlines. Yeah. yeah, oligarchies. Is, yeah. is that the word? Yeah. That's yeah. a new word to me. Yeah. Um, what do you, do you, how do you describe that? Like, do you think that there, is it a secret society of people that are running the governments? Mm. I'll use the example of Australia, right? I mean, in Australia right now, there are literally no cases of, COVID, mm -hmm. they're having lockdowns. Mm -hmm. There's still debates about whether masks are good or sure. not. There's more people died from the jab mm -hmm. than have died from the virus. Mm -hmm. And even if you get the jab, mm -hmm. you can still get the virus. Yep. So everybody now knows 
that there's some layer of bullshit. Some, something there's sushi. some yeah. layer of bullshit. Yeah. Regardless of what side of the fence you sit on, even if you're pro for the jab, yeah. you still have to recognize that, okay, well, if I've been yeah. jabbed, well, shouldn't I now have my freedom? Shouldn't mm-hmm. I now be allowed out? Shouldn't mm-hmm. I now be allowed to travel? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So I look at that situation and, and go, okay, there has to be somebody above the government sure. making calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just has to be. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't have any proof of this, but it's just my theory. I mean, I've found a lot of evidence for that along my journey. And not yeah. only from, you know, people, the, the phenomena of like QAnon, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, when you bring these ideas that I've actually had whistleblower literature, literature around for 35 plus years, if you go down the rabbit hole of tri- trilateralism, if you understand uh, what norms the Rockefellers uh, put in place in the States really early on, if you just follow the money and you do re- like actual research, you can find some really interesting continuities, you know, and... And so I think, I think the journalistic approach for people that are really like allergic to the flavor of something that is quote unquote conspiracy, because conspiracy theorists and conspiracy is a weaponized word. It's just a word that was made up. Yeah. It was made, actually made by the CSI, uh, CIA, CIA, CIA. Yeah. <laughs> CSI, <laughs> those other guys, those other alphabets. <laughs> so, you know, the, the thing is that how do we stay in an empowered state in relationship to these things? I can go into, I have a lot of information on this, a lot of alternative yeah. history, galactic history, nefarious agendas. We can, we can go into a lot of wormholes, mm. rabbit holes around what these energies actually are, what they represent in consciousness, what role they've played over thousands of years, um, how the money, like all those things, everything from satanic ritual abuse and how, how those packs create. Uh, Let's talk about know, that. Yeah. Because that's one that's kind of in the media. Well, it's in some different outlets. Yeah. Right. And that's something that is kind of coming out in conversation. I mean, like there's elements of, there's always conversations around uh, people in Hollywood and Mm -hmm. how movies have been produced to brainwash people and basically preparing people for Satanism. And Mm -hmm. I, I, for sure, 100%, there has been human rituals for however many thousands, it's been going on forever. Mm -hmm. So to think that that doesn't happen now, I think is naive. Yeah. It happens now. Yeah. Right. And not necessarily in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It, I think it happens in people's mansions. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of evidence for that. It's, it's, I think it's so shocking for people that are in their comfort zone of, of reality. And so, you know, the way, what I can speak is, I'll speak from my lived experience for, for a moment here. So I lost my brother-in-law in 9-11. He was a firefighter. And that was my initiation. Mm-hmm. That was my pattern interruption that started me on a healing path and got me on a journey. Because four years after that happened, my body broke down. And it was the accumulation of grief and suppressed emotion and substance abuse to numb the grief and a, com- a combination of other factors, repetitive stress movements from martial arts, things like that. But when, I, when that happened, I, I had the the nuance of being uh, so driven to find out what happened that I went really deep into journalism. So I, I ended up adding a minor to my, journal, my journalism in, in uni. And so, you know, and back then, pre 9-11, you know, it's well, post, but still before the era of a lot of norms that came on that, 
my professors in today's standards would be considered terrorist sympathizers, right? These are highly, highly critical thinking, teaching students critical thinking. We were reading um, books and articles around how in DEA agent gun whistleblower is talking about like smuggling heroin back in GI body bags in Vietnam, things like that. Things that like you don't think about or don't know about how, how crack was brought into the ghetto by the CIA, mm-hmm. things that are really exposing the corruption of the world at a very deep level in a mainstream university. Yeah. So that was, that was new for me and it, and it really expanded my world. So this is before YouTube is creating these, you know, sensationalist, conspiracy videos and that's and that's what i've seen is an erosion of of journalism because of the what we're really talking about at the end of the day is a worldview issue you're like how can you have so much statistics from scientists and doctors on the other side of the mainstream narrative that are like yo like these are what our studies are showing and and they're just like conspiracy you know and then you know so it's not about the data anymore it's not about the information it's it's literally a worldview issue and so when when your worldview gets interrupted and you have to examine something and and there's the the pain of betrayal of these these the way that we think the world worked it's a massive identity crisis mm. for a lot of people is it just because people have this belief that the, the the government is there to protect them and serve them yeah it's it's an, it's it's plays out the deepest subconscious transference of power of mommy and daddy and so if mommy and daddy is unsafe or bad, what does that say about me? Mm. What does that say about the world that I live in? And so it, it, and depending on, you know, there's a varying age groups of souls. Very old souls have seen this. And when I was a kid, I was like, mommy, why are all the religions fighting? Don't they know it's all the same? Yeah. You know, like asking, these blatant, was, obvious things. I was asking weird questions yeah. when I was young too. You know, like things like that. And like, you know, I come back from India and then Jesus has all these yogic mudras on the, in the paintings. And I'm like, oh, that's like, look at that. You know, there's intersectionality, interfaith, you know, these really deep things where if, you know, you talk to a Christian, you're like, yeah, Jesus did yoga. They're going to be like, you, what the heck are you talking about? You know, like <laughs> there's actually a lot of evidence. There's history, historical books. There's texts in Tibet about it. You know, there's texts in, you know, he's talked about in the Quran. And, you know, the, the Vedas talk about the 13th incarnation of Vishnu, you know, so... You know, you can get to any one of these subjects and you're going to have alternative historical perspectives. You're going to have spiritual perspectives. You're going to have, you know, all these things that interrupt the, the, the normality or the conditioned consciousness of the collective. And so, yeah, have we been conditioned? Absolutely. How deep does that conditioning go? Generational? Absolutely. Is there epigenetic trauma in our DNA that's actually getting stimulated right now? Absolutely. What are we doing about it? That's mm, like, yeah. for me, I want to start to move into the, the, the empowered conversation of solutions because yeah. a lot of people that are in the earlier stages of awakening, they're in the disillusionment phase. And, I, and, and if we can start to understand what's happening on our planet, how fat, like what a perfect scenario to wake up an entire planet. You have a Chernobyl level event where it's going to get to irrefutable corruption. And then people are going to go into their crisis and they're going to either check out a body or do the work. And that's just, that's just how it is. So we're, we're actually seeing a splitting of timelines, multidimensionality in, in a multidimensional mm-hmm. sense. So if you believe in parallel universes, infinite parallel earths, there's infinite scenarios. So there's, you know, where a lot of spiritual people are freaked out right now because they see in some, again, literature has been predicting this for 35, yeah. but like New World Order, 9-11, all these things, you know, have been predicted. And so people are, are getting a little spooked because they're seeing the New World Order play out right in front of their eyes and feel like, what the heck? Yeah. But that that is just one potential timeline. 
And so we're, we're, we're cooking right now at this intersection of possibility mm. of the worst case scenario is something out of, you know. It's, it's a weird time because I feel super excited. <laughs> right? but there's so yeah. much destruction and there's so many people in fear and it yeah. almost sounds selfish to say, oh, I feel excited for, for the world. But because some, you know, I do. Something, something's exciting. Because you me. know I, that breakdown leads to breakthrough. Yeah, exactly. 100%. 100%. But I mean, the, the other part of it is, and I've said this before, um, I was blessed with a life where I, I wasn't spoon fed anything. Mm-hmm. So like there's, there's no breaking of comfort molds for me. Like there's, that's, that never, that was yeah. never there. Yeah. You know, so I'm, yeah, nothing's a, nothing's a shock to me. Sure. I think so. Yeah. So you're talking about solutions. Like mm-hmm. what are the, uh, I, I was on, um, I've been having a little bit of uh deep kind of thought and meditation to myself this last week like i've been feeling a little like anxious and just kind of off center and mm. so i meditated on it this last few days and um, i saw a post on on instagram yesterday i think i was just scrolling and looking for interesting things and um and i got inspired by somebody who was like you know really taking action right and i think where we're at now is we're at this junction like you said where you you've got to you've either got to stand up and mm-hmm. make a stand yep. for what you believe in yeah or you're going to perish in some way right maybe physically maybe you know yeah just your life will degrade or whatever sure you won't live in a nice world but now is the time you have to stand up we're in that juncture and, yeah. and i was kind of looking at this and going Whilst I feel like on some level I'm, I'm doing these things through having, you know, conversations like this and, mm. you know, going down rabbit holes, there's so much more I can do. Mm. And I'm starting to ask myself, all right, mm. really, what is, my, yeah. what is my place in this? Because mm. I have the capacity, I have the ability, I have the, the resources. Mm. The drive and the bandwidth. And that's what I'm doing yeah. with Lighthouse. I mean, sure. Lighthouse is that. Yeah. It is that. Yeah. But I don't know that I've been stepping into that. Mm. Mm. In the yeah. way that I, in the way that I could. So there's this, um, there's this beautiful Hawaiian word, kuleana, which means your sacred responsibility. Mm. And it's really at the essence, it's what's yours to do. Like, and there's a, you know. Mm. Oh, what's this got? Dharma. Yeah, I just got pins, like. Yeah, 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 truth skin. bumps. <laughs> they call them truth bumps. Um, so in the conditioned world of society, very often people are going the, against the grain of their spirit. They're going against the grain of their deeper intuition, their a deeper inner knowing, because we're not taught to listen to that. We're taught to ignore that, use logic, the Rockefeller school systems, uh, divide the brain hemispheres. And so if you go into left brain as a path of healing, it's actually disconnected from the heart. So it doesn't, it doesn't actually, it's separated from nature. If you go into the right brain in the arts, then you're going to be really ungrounded, unable to make money and participate in the world. So there's a lot of divide and conquer even in the school systems. And so the understanding that what's yours to actually do has to access a deeper internal connection point. And when we find that our, the excitement of the soul comes online because Mm -hmm. we're, if we're doing what's ours to do, life self organizes to support that. And usually what's ours to do is here to benefit the whole. Yeah. It's here to really serve all of life. And that's my excitement too. And our solutions live in where I believe we're graduating from value systems that were perpetuated by these conditionings. And even in the break off and fringe and entrepreneurial scenes, there's still been a lot of 
hyper individualism and cap like hyper capitalism mm -hmm. and we look at the nature of capitalism, you know, I know venture capitalists that are, that are billion, multi-billionaires and, you know, they're, they're in disillusionment too. They're like, wow, money was cool at one point and now it's kind of yeah. weird, you know, it's not really helping. We used to be about creating cool shit on the planet. Now it's like kind of went sour, right? And so I think the things that we've valued over the last maybe few years will be obsolete in the next coming yeah. years. And so we're at this, that this, this turning point where some of that individualistic or status driven, or, you know, even some of the impact driven stuff, if it's not fully connected to what's actually ours to do and where it meets just, the whole, a lot of it's for show. Yeah. It's fluff in a certain way. It's, it's self-congratulatory. It's, it's in an echo chamber. And so the thing that's, that I'm excited about is, is as more and more people are graduating from you know, levels of self-serving agenda into really like what's mine to do that's actually going to move us forward as a collective. Mm. We find each other, we, we, we chart new territory. We literally get to innovate things that have never been created before. This whole idea of the ancient future, right? Where, where do we take elements that, of things that have worked for thousands of years that are in harmony with nature and we take things that are being innovated from consciousness and we bring them together and we embark like neo-pioneers across the vast ocean of consciousness yeah. to uncharted territory. And we have to break those conditions. Like you're saying, we have to move beyond our comfort zones and the places where we're not looking at. Because if we're not making conscious choices, your subconscious is choosing. Your conditioned consciousness is choosing. You have to be consistent in your conscious choice making. Otherwise, your decision is being made for you. And that's why you're saying like, hey, here's an invitation from life to participate. Now's now like last call on the train. Like which train are you jumping on? You know, yeah. and there's not some, there's some trains that are pretty gnarly right now. Yeah. You know, and so... I believe that there's a timeline, uh, one potential reality that we can choose in our collective dream that is uh, deeply informed by value systems of, of that are that are founded in soul, mm. you know, and and what's ours to actually do, not from the from needing to be more or trying to be someone in the world and you know compensate for a wound, but because it's 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 our gift, it's our passion, it's really what's been bubbling up to us that we've been ignoring our whole life in yeah. some way, you know. And there's so much fulfillment in that. Yeah. 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 I think the, I think we're, when people feel like there's, there's something more for them, like there's some kind of calling or there's some kind of deeper meaning, but it can be very hard to figure out and articulate it. And I think we get too wrapped up in what we think that that needs to look like. Sure. <laughs> and we overcomplicate it. And it's like, yeah. no, I'm this and I'm that. And, yeah. and then it just becomes another mask of the personality. And sure. So how do people tap into that depth? Like mm. what's a, a practice or how can people really tune into this? You know, I think it's the combination of, of shadow work and light work, so to speak. Mm. So light work, let's talk about light work. Light work is, you know, there's a million practices out there. Pick, pick a lineage, you know, um, different spiritual practices that fan I, I, what I call light work is the different technologies that fan the fire of your spirit. Yeah. So the things that wake up that, that, that spiritual energy that give you insight into the nature of consciousness into your own soul and, and stimulates a, a power that's bigger than, than the personality or the ego. Yeah. And, um, that tends to start to move into more of like, we'll call it an upper chakra experience into the, into the transpersonal realms, into the archetypal realms. That's something where we start to transcend our conditioned identity. Shadow work is going into the hidden wounds and the traumas that 
keep us our nervous system frozen in time replaying out these these loops that are stored in our in our in our chakra system in our nervous system and so a lot of times people go up into the light work and they get the spiritual tools and they never want to touch the stuff down there yeah. or people go into the shadow work and they just keep looping and trying to endlessly resolve their trauma we actually need both we need more of the light of the of the tools that fan the fire of our spirit so we can take that light and then go into the shadow yeah. collect the gems of those the, that's the embodiment piece it's yeah. like you can't just live in the yeah in the the, the trauma healing forever yeah totally and when you start to give your gift at a higher level, yeah. you actually you actually get out of the self indulgent quality of that yeah. side of it. We need both. Well, I think that's where the greatest yeah. healing comes from. Yeah. Because that's the that's moving past that's moving past it. Yeah. Totally. And so I, I name that because I know people out there listening can either resonate in one or the other, yeah. or both, and we need both. And so when you talk about practices and moving forward, and how do we nurture that deep internal state? Mm -hmm. Is is you know, inquiry and, and really showing up to do the work, you know, and that the work is going to look different for everybody. It has to include addressing your trauma and it has to include stepping into your gifts. Yeah. yeah. One thing I know you're big on is uh, ceremonies. You've invited me to a tea ceremony, yeah. which I'm curious about. Yeah. Um, one just to clarify, we're talking about pu'er and oolongs. It's actual and, tea. Yeah, tea. When, when, you, when you first suggested yeah. it, I thought that might be a mushroom tea, <laughs> which I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to, but then I learned that, no, it's an yeah. actual tea yeah. ceremony. And yeah. So one of the things that I've observed doing a lot of different ceremonies, mostly in teepees with plant medicine, et cetera, um, is it's one of the greatest value, values for me in that is not just consuming plant medicine and me getting some you know some insights about sure. my life and my ego <laughs> it is the ceremony itself mm -hmm. it is being witness to the meticulous nature of and the sacred nature of mm -hmm. the ceremony mm -hmm. which then gives me some kind of access to be able to integrate that into my daily sure. life in some way yeah and that's why i love the idea of you know the tea ceremony yeah because i think it's just whilst it, it might sound like it's meaningless, like let's mm. just have a cup of tea, it's, it, to me, it's much, much deeper than that. Like, yes. and there's, there's prayer in that, Yeah. right? So yeah. talk us through that. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so reverence, right? Yeah. Um, life is a ceremony. Uh -huh. This is how often are we fully present to it, right? And so ceremonies are a way of getting present to the sacredness of life and stimulating the fire of our own reverence. When we're in reverence, we're, we have access to our soul. When we have access to our soul. We have access to the true source of power. When we have access to the true source of power. We can do what's ours to do, mm. right? And so, the the ceremony of life is happening. And you know, I talk about ritual. Rituals happen every day. When you make your coffee, how you move through the gym, it's all rituals. It's just again, how conscious are we? How in the moment are we? Are we in how? Are we in the future? Are we in the past? All these, all these, you know, baseline spiritual teachings that are like fundamentally obvious but also very hard to embody and yeah. <laughs> like live into so ceremonies give us a container to to commit to being more present mm. and accessing the quantum field you know so for me um through my journeys of you know working with plant medicines over the years and and for me now it's just tea because i i've, I've did you know a decade of that stuff and got the message i need to keep up picking up the phone you know and so this the there's levels of subtlety that we, we drop into. And, and so accessing the quantum field, which is the field of infinite possibility, right? And so that's what, I, what that speaks to me is that we can actually find realms of infinite possibility in the deepest simplicity and the, the seeming mundane ceremony yeah. of life. 
and without the hyper stimulation of the extremes, if we can live in that, it's like, you know, some people are like, well, what, what, what is this about? I'm like, well, there's stillness before a medicine ceremony. There's stillness after. You can go through the arc of all the stimulation, but why not just go right to the, to the stillness? Mm. And that's, that's the tricky part is that most human beings are either unconsciously or consciously in a deep resistance to stillness which in my personal lived experience is the backdrop of everything. Yeah. I mean, if you're a hustler and you're like, you've got the, the option of making sales calls or going to a tea ceremony, yeah. it's like, it's not going to occur to you that the tea ceremony is going to be a thousand times more valuable to your end objective yeah. anyway. So Because when you enter the quantum quantum field stage, Joe Dispenza talks about this, why he's blowing up, bridging spirits and spirits, uh, spirituality and science and how effective we are when we access quantum mm. states and we get into heart coherence and our bodies in a homeostasis, you know, in homeostasis, how much more productive we actually are. Yeah. So I love that the entrepreneurial world is, is tapping into to qualities of personal development and spirit, universal spiritual principles because of our commitment to making impact and where that's taking us down the, like, yeah, like you said, these worlds haven't converged. Mm. Mysticism is becoming more valued. That's the realm I came from and entered it like it's literally like reverse paths. But yeah. we're all meeting at the heart because we need to shape the world and help shape the culture. Yeah. Because otherwise we're we're collectively fucked. Yeah. You know? And so No, you're right. Like I mean, most people have had the the journey like I have, which is I've had businesses since I was eight years old. And then my spiritual journey is out of necessity, out of burning, you know, burning, burning out, out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's um yeah, it's it's very interesting. So these um, worlds that we're talking about converging and technologies, etc. What do you see as being the most fundamental or the most important technologies mm. um, or cultural technologies mm. moving forward that is yeah. really going to help humanity? Mm. I mean, I know you're in the world of NFTs and blockchain, and you're you're in you're in that space yeah so what's the is that one of the things and what is the importance of that do mm. you think you know i think technology that's informed from these deeper spiritual elements are are exciting because then they become an expression of i think that's the part yeah. that people yeah. don't yet see because yeah. when people hear about you know like what people know of cryptocurrency is yeah. like bitcoin and they know ethereum and those sure. but they don't know that this is potentially rooted in you know yeah. these ancient spiritual there's the potential values. for that if we if we bring that culture to it. Yeah. What people see is some of the old money cultures actually still in that exactly. space, and it can. I, I think not maybe ninety nine percent of all coins right now yeah. is just a money grab. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. Like people come up with some cool idea, sell a bunch of coins, make yeah. some money, and then job jobs it's done. Why meme coins are blowing up, and it's kind of like, what does that say yeah. about this? The nature of our of our world when meme coins become. Yeah. Where you're like, hey, you guys can, uh, you know, this is like can potentially shift the power structures on the planet forever and empower yeah. human, you know, human beings. And we're like, dog coins, you know, it's like, <laughs> what? Where's our priorities, right? Um, you know, it's a, it's a great question, Monty. I, I think. Um, can you can you repeat the question actually? So it's like because um, I, f I feel yeah, like yeah. there's a, so the there's a, yeah. the like though well let's talk about that technology blockchain um, decentralized finance mm, that mm -hmm. whole that whole world culture how important is that and why to the future of how we get along how do we live so so the evolution on our planet requires human beings to evolve to a state where they can actually self-govern. 
yeah. where we can live in autonomy. It's a, this is about freedom. This is about the difference between freedom and slavery at this point. We're at that juncture, like you said. And we're just, I love that we're just saying these things now. We're just naming them. We're not tiptoeing around it. Um, so when I use that word, and I use that word very, very loosely in the sense of, of the symbolic nature of it, let's just say conditioning. If you're, if you're like, you, you've brought this up, we're naming it. If you're subjected to your conditioning, you are in sense ensnared by it. Yeah. And so in some way, in some way. And so there's varying degrees in this on all levels of society, all level of all institutions, structures, all the things that we've been indoctrinated into has its form of ensnarement. Um, so, so becoming free, becoming autonomous, liberating our consciousness from these constructs, a culture that's birthed out of that is going to create a different expression of technology, a different expression of exchange, a different expression of art. So just, I'm going to give one co other context to, to weave this kind of cultural yeah. revolution that's emerging. Let's talk about time, the nature of time. So as a collective, and this ties back to the, to the spoken word piece of the, the wound of colonization on the planet shifted us from organic time into inorganic time. And so organic time worked with the natural cycles of nature and the cosmologies of creation. It was in any ancestral lineage. You go back to, to your Druid lineage. If you got Irish in you, you go back to wherever. All our ancestors had a song, a fire, a way of getting into trance to heal. There's exactly 13 and, moon cycles in yeah, a year. And exactly. And so those, those, those were longer cycles of nature because we weren't sped up, stimulated, and, you know, egoic constructs are just overstimulated nervous systems. So the, this idea that we were in harmony moving at the pace of nature and in this larger cyclical time move different for us as, an, as tribal beings, so to speak. If you look at the colonization that happened, where is, where is the origin of time? GMT, England, Britain, the, the empire of the world, mm -hmm. literally set forth the calendar that we know put time forth as we know it. And then time got ensnared with money. And then we got ensnared with that. So we live in a world where time is money in an artificial time matrix where our consciousness is bound in that. Mm. And so in order to free ourselves, we have to free our relationship to those two things, time and money. And there's very different ways to do it. Again, yeah. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have a value of freedom. They have a drive for freedom. And, and this is where the, the, the rebel spirit of entrepreneurship lives in yeah. that desire for greater freedom. But we're, where we're moving in consciousness is from, you know, this is a quote from Jose Aguilera's is from time, time is money to time is art. So if we're a soul informed culture in connection with our eternal nature, time moves different. We're not, there's no rush anymore. There's this infinite stillness that's holding the backdrop of everything, a quantum field where all possibilities exist. You're going to relate to time a lot different. Mm. It's a lot more spacious and freedom to move through space and time because you're not being bound by it anymore in the same way as a yeah. being. And so, so the value systems that, and the exchange systems, what kind of world we want to make from that? We're going to create a world that's, that's filled with beauty because it's going to become the expression of our internal state. If we're experiencing the fulfillment of our own souls, and there's no hurry the, anymore. The divinity and there's no trying to get somewhere yeah. to be something to then get love. We can literally, we want to create a more beautiful world naturally from that space. It's yeah. just, it just, it becomes an obvious expression of how we're feeling. Mm. Right. And yeah. so this is where the cultural shift that now the technologies, everything that's expressed that's coming from that space is a totally different yeah. ballpark. And, and, and I, I, I resonate with this and I, I agree with what you're saying, but I, th I think it's such a big concept for it's, it's such a big concept for people 
like the time thing. And the, yep. the example that I, 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 I give, again, I'm always probing at people, pushing buttons. I say, sure. do you know where this calendar system that you yeah. go by came from? Yeah. 99 out of 100 people say yeah, they okay. do not know. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. In the 1500s, they yeah. invented this thing called the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. <laughs> and it used to be before that yeah. that we lived with the cycles of nature. There's 13, 13 months, months in a year. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's 12. Can you explain to me why that is? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't know. So what I'm demonstrating here is you have been indoctrinated into a world where you are just part of that and you accept it. It's never even been on your radar as a conversation. You're just living inside that. Yep. And people go, wow, that's you're right. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a great framework. And I love that we naturally arrived at this, this juncture in the conversation because it, it shaped our entire planetary culture. Yeah. And the, system, the systematic persecution and execution of indigenous mm. people started to wipe us out of a through line of connection to that organic time. And this is the end game yeah. of that intention right now with and what's that's going what, on. And, that, and that's the piece that feels like to me the going back in time, yeah. even though what you, the way that yeah. you articulated it is, is, is better. Yeah. Um, but that's the feeling to me. It's like, we've got we to gotta embrace that. Yes. And, and you've experienced and tasted and- Well, I actually experience had, in my day-to-day -day life. Like yeah. the, the more that I slow down, yeah. the more I get done. Yeah. Stop, slow down the speed up, that whole-, that whole because because the when the nervous system's in that kind of rushing, we're actually less functional. This is very practical. Mm. So you can go into the mysticism side of it because you actually feel the fulfillment of moving at the pace of life differently. There, there is an element to me of my, my experience of time yeah. is not what it was 10 years yeah. ago. It is not. Yeah. I feel it's incredible. some days I'm like, I'm, I'm bored. What do I do? Like yeah. there's like, you know, 37 hours in this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, I have multiple you, businesses. I've got like, you know, um, building a project here. I've got an outsourcing company. I'm on the board of four companies. Yeah. I'm doing all these things. I, I'm in the gym sure. doing exercise, surfing sure. every day. I do all these yeah. things and I explain that to people and people go, oh, wow, you're really busy. No, not really. I'm just living fully. No, not really. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. Well, you access the, the source of beingness, which informed your doingness in a different way. You went from a doing a human doing to a human being, yeah. which changed your relationship with doing, right? Yeah, that's incredible. So you you stretch your capacity to have fulfillment in your actions, because if you're always trying to get to the next thing, get to the next thing, get to the next thing, you're not actually fully experiencing what you're doing. Yeah, right. And so that 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 conditioning of being bound to time in that particular way, it's it's ensnaring consciousness. And and casually, if you look at bipartisan politics, you know, like looking from here into what happened last year in my country, it's like people's attention, energy, and focus was funneled into a snow globe. Let's trap your consciousness inside the snow globe. It looks really mm -hmm. real inside the snow that's falling. It looks really real. The houses are real, but it's a snow globe within consciousness. That's, that's my analogy for conditioning. Yeah. It's, it funnels our attention, energy, and time, and focus, and relationship into a snow globe when we're living in an expanding universe. Mm. So we need to get out of our snow globes. We need to break our glass ceilings. We need to take walks outside of our, our familiar comfort zones and, and stretch how we relate. Because people have had it at moments they, where they've tasted a turning. Even in an orgasm, you're, taste, you're having a, a, a taste of infinity, mm. of eternity in those moments. You're transcending the self in those moments. And this is what, you know, why sports are big in the world because of the flow state that happens in the moments. These things already exist in the ordinary. They just haven't been 
expanded about or examined to the level that mysticism just lives in. Yeah. You know, this is where the mystics live. That should be the, it should be the normal. It shouldn't yeah. be that somebody experiences a flow state and, and it's oh, like that's shocking. Weird. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> How did you do like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> but people are, they're all, they're like, oh, they're like, wow, the, the yeah. ball went in the basket. <gasps> you know, it's like, yeah, you can do your version of that in your life. Yeah. That's what being in the zone is. Yeah. And that, that zone is when we're out of our own way. Magic yeah. happens. Right. Well, I do think an access is just whatever your version or your practice of slowing, slowing down is sure. ceremonies, tea, <laughs> um, plant medicine, ceremonies, yeah. meditating, yoga, qigong, running, all of, it, all of it, whatever, whatever floats your particular boat. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So the, the, uh, cryptocurrency thing, yeah. what we're talking about there is that it is moving people to become sovereign, decentralized, responsible for their own life, not being governed by a criminal yeah, <laughs> organization. Cartels. It's called cartels. It's a okay. cartel. Yeah. Um, they have really good marketing. Yeah. They have really good marketing. They're amazing at PR. All these cartels, phenomenal PR agencies. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we're all in, ag in agreement that moving in that direction is a good idea, but there seems to be so much, like you said before, so many, you know, fakes and so much fluff. And how do you, how, how, how can people differentiate between what's real and not, not real? Or does it not matter? Do we just need to keep moving in that direction? Fluff and FUD. Um, <laughs> FUD is fear, uncertainty and doubt for those of you who are not in the crypto space, I, I see the incredible potential of it. Do I think it's the, it's going to be the end all solve all? No, it's, it's like I said, the culture needs to change on all levels mm. because our value systems are going to change because of how the world is changing. For me personally, investing in land, food, water systems and investing in each other investing in each other's gifts and how we can create impact on culture on the planet collectively is where we should invest our and vote with our energy, our time, our attention, our yeah. money, yeah. our team, as my friend Ali likes to say, time, yeah. energy, attention, money. And so, you know, cryptocurrency and DeFi is, is, yeah, it's just, it's the tip of the iceberg of a new Renaissance NFTs. What I love about NFTs is it's bridging the DeFi, the tech and the art. Mm. Just explain NFTs for somebody who might be a newbie. Non-fungible token is, is it's, a, it's an evolved version of a smart contract that gives value to something. It's essentially... So basically you can buy a piece of artwork or you can buy a song or you can buy anything. endlessly anything. appreciate on the, on the market, on the and blockchain. And that's yours. You own that. Yep. Then there's a... It's, it's verified through yep. the blockchain technology. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And so it's, it's a way of... Um, it's kind of like I'm looking at like this concept of like artifacts, you know, mm -hmm. when, when something has, has been given the mythos of an artifact, it gains all this value. You're like, oh, it's the blah, blah, blah from Queen, blah, blah, blah. And it's worth millions of dollars because it has this like weird cultural nuance. But that's happening in modern time where like yeah. this thing can emerge and all of a sudden it's worth $1.5 million. And then it appreciates over the next 10 years. And all of a sudden it becomes worth $10 million because there's this cultural phenomenon. But we, but what, what needs to happen is we need to drive the value metrics of the culture. We're right at that juncture point where we can actually bring this sort of consciousness expanding spiritually informed culture into the blockchain space into the mm. nft space into all these different realms of society knowing that 
if we stay in society in the way that it's functioned, the normal way, we're going into a, a almost totalitarian, tyrannical version of codependency. Yeah. And we all know what, to, to, we all, every single person out there has experienced some version of toxic codependency and the, and the hell on earth version of what that is. And this is what we're in right now. So we have to break our codependent patterns yeah. in order to create the civilization upgrade that we want to experience. Yeah. We have to examine codependency. So when you ask, what are the technologies? Coherence building, vulnerability, authenticity, creating trust with other human beings to the point where you can be all of yourself. Mm. And you can create such a trust field that your ability to scale and sense make and work together on things is goes to exponential level. And then everyone living in their highest excitement of what theirs is actually to do, what's, what's theirs to actually do together becomes self-evident. Yeah. It becomes self-evident. And then we start to shape culture in a new way collectively. Yeah. I think you're a very good example because, you know, like some people like as my background, like I've just been a business guy, right? Yeah. And then sure, I've got, you know, I'm pretty multifaceted now, <laughs> but people just know me as an, as an entrepreneur. Sure. And you're, I think, a very, very good example of somebody who is an artist, a poet, but it's bridging these worlds. It's sure. like you're immersed in these different technologies. And so I think it, it gives people access to... Uh, new possibilities like people think that you know well if I want to be wealthy then I have to have a business and I have to do this and sure. it doesn't have to look like anything mm -hmm. you can just make the fucking thing up right <laughs> and just weave the path walk the path like you've walked and mm -hmm. you find yourself in these different situations and now you're passionate about buying you know doing a land project in Costa sure. Rica and it's like I mean you had to, you, you, I, I can't imagine that 15 years ago, like that was on your vision board or something. Well, maybe 15, it was. 17 years ago, no, it wasn't. No. Uh, 15 <laughs> years ago, yeah, that's about right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something that evolved through you walking a path of your own authenticity. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, being like, brave enough to do that. The courage thing is real. You know, we, we get we get these invitations from life and we have to jump into the unknown or not or cling to the shore. Yeah. And and that's what's ramping up right now. A lot of people are going to cling to the shore and they're going to choose the, the perceived safety and their perceived comfort over the, the, the threat of the unknown. But it comes at a cost. Yeah. It comes at a major cost, whether yeah. it's a cost of our own, of nurturing our own soul energy and giving our gift or handing over our power to external authorities. Yeah. You know, that it's going to come at a cost. Yeah. But I, I think also, like I said, we don't have to have all the answers. Like the th like lighthouses, and for people who don't mm -hmm. know, project here in Bali, building, it's an event space, professional soundproof studios for, you know, for video, film, podcasting. And the idea with Lighthouse is to shine a light on the world's most meaningful, important messages, right? Amazing. And that is the energy that is behind Lighthouse. Mm. But sometimes I kind of, like... I'm feeling like, wow, Lighthouse has such a big part. Like there's something sure. big for it to do. Mm. It's bigger than just a building in Bali. Totally. It's more than that. Mm. And sometimes I get overwhelmed by that. And then mm. I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do? And mm. then I, I, it's, it's paralyzing. And yeah. then I have to just kind of slow down and go, you don't have to have all the answers. Look yeah. how far you've come already. Like it's going to create a life on, on itself and it's – you know, all the answers will come, but you have, you, I have to be in yeah. the best state possible yeah. in that stillness. If I'm in that overwhelm, yeah. I, and I think this is the tricky part for people is they feel some calling, they feel something, mm. but it's overwhelming. Yeah. What do I do about that? And yeah. that is too difficult. Totally. Too hard. Yeah. Let me just stay in my comfort zone. Sure. 
we know what we we know what we need to know when we need to, to know it yeah. in, in terms of relating to the unknown in that way but and what you're talking about in the overwhelm it's like needing to have it all mapped or having yeah. to guarantee people look for guarantees you know you can mitigate risk but you can't create guarantees yeah you know but what you can guarantee is that y you are in charge of your choices yeah that is the one guarantee you have how you respond yeah that you can make a choice. But the, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the, the energy that you bring to something is, is the resonating factor. You know, like I, I just brought on an investor from Sweden yeah. and she followed my podcast. I yeah. did a post on Facebook saying, Hey, still looking for investors. Nice. She contact, contact me out of never met her. She's never been to Bali. Yeah. And the next thing you know, she's given me hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's yes, yeah. I've got the numbers I've, I've done the yeah, structure yeah, i've yeah. got i'm a numbers guy sure. i've got all of that yeah but it's not that it was your resonance your vibration and, and, and there's never there's yeah. never been a time where i've had to sell people yeah on lighthouse <laughs> every time i have a conversation has been it's i don't have any scripts i don't follow some totally. nlp sales tactics it, it's like i'm just it's emerging from just, your soul and I'm so life sharing. is self-organizing to support it and it lands <laughs> it lands like totally. magic. Yeah. I mean, even that was my experience when, when we talked and I was like, you, you mentioned it and I was like, oh, cool. How can I help? Like, yeah. that feels good. Like there's like an attractor to well, it. It's, you know? it the, through this conversation also, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to get some, some clues on <laughs> how I can tap into uh -huh. yourself and maybe some other people in the Bali sure. community and how we can co-create, especially some like some spoken words, some videos and et cetera to, to shine a light on Lighthouse. So, Very cool, man. Yeah. And just, I, there was one more thing. I, I know we're probably in the wind down phase, but the... The piece around you know people feeling overwhelmed and not what to do and you know your own relationship to it i you know i said i did a post the other day and it was kind of like you know we make that first step that first scary step into the unknown and then we make the next one and like each step your faith is actually building so faith creates more faith because you go through the lived experience of like oh when i make that first step i didn't die i'm like oh wait a minute i didn't die then and like actually things started to improve mm -hmm. and so the the journey of like trying to have the guarantee and map it all in the, in the mind but the lived experience of moving through through it to the heart of the of the like what it means to actually follow our intuition it's a muscle we hone in, in tune same thing with the soul energy. It's something that we have to build a relationship with and, and expand gradually. But the more that you do it, the better you get at it. The more faith you have, the more faith you have, the more you step into the unknown, the more courage and capacity and orientation of what that means to step deeper into the unknown. Yeah. The more that you follow your intuition, your intuition grows and gets stronger. The more you pay attention to the synchronicities. Oh, wow. When that happened, that happened and that happened. That, that, was, that was an unknown, but it, life was actually happening for me. Like I can trust more, you know, so yeah. it's, I think that, that metric, uh, is what people are seeing so much value. in. this is why these, these practices, why this mysticism is emerging and on the planet at such a powerful level, because mm. it's actually a more fulfilling way to live life. It is definitely scary for the ego, definitely yeah. scary for the personality, but for the soul, it's like, that's where the magic is. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic and I, I think a lot of people are changing their minds. Like you said before, there's people with billions of dollars. Yeah. Actually, there's people moving here to Bali, like packing up their lives in Russia and going, you know, I had this massive yeah. life and now I yeah. just want to go live yeah. simple. Different more, values. Uh, different values because yeah. the world has, you know, the rug has been pulled out from under people, from under a lot of people. Yeah. And now we, we get the opportunity to look at, well, how do we really want this to be? And there was once a, once a time when I was all about having a giant mansion and having a giant sure. boat and having a garage full of cars. And <laughs> now I'm like, 
I want to buy a piece of land where, the, where there's some surf and I can create some kind of self-sustaining sure. little farm. This is the future. And put a bunch of houses on it for a small community of people yep. and maybe a boat to get there. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And this, this, you know, when that, that desire emerged in me in 2008 and I saw what was coming for this planet, the rate of people doing that, wanting that over the last three years yeah. is like people that are just like, just got it. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. Like this is something we've been working on for, you know, doing research and development, living at different communities. Like this is, this has been my life's passion for the last, yeah. you know, since 2008. And now like the way it's coming online, the collective, it's like everyone and their mother's like, yeah, land getting like, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much, like, that's a really nice evidence to me that yeah. there's, there's a, there's a collective migratory pattern towards a new way of, of being and, and yeah. it, and it's not going back. It's going forward into uh, the fulfillment that happens when we, when we get in touch with ourselves, you know, you're living on the land, eating food that's been grown there and you're doing your spiritual practices and you're, and you're, you know, doing your podcast or writing your book or, you know, whatever, like it's enough. You're yeah. not trying to be someone in the world. You're not trying to be more. It's, it's literally the, the frequency of fulfillment and enoughness. And when you're in enough connection with nature yeah. is the value of that is, is incomparable, but yeah. there's a lot of stripping that needs to happen. Cause we, we, cause we think we have to do something massive cause that's the world that we've been brought up into. And I say this on every second podcast is it's, it's not my job to change the world. It's my job to create the next ripple. That's it. Yep. That's it. That's yep. all that's all I gotta do. <laughs> awesome. And I think it's it's it is awesome because it just gives permission to not ha need to have all the answers. And I you know, I think it's I I like the idea of creating massive ripples. Mm. You know, you talk about ROI, a ripple of impact, you know? It's like we just gotta move out of the, the profit at all cost thing. Yeah. I think if we if we can do that as a place to start in a new culture like that's a great place to start. Let's just not do profit at all costs. Let's, yeah. maybe let's just start there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, so. it's interesting. Yeah. So um, how can pe people find you? Instagram. Um, I do recommend, actually, do you want to, we'll, we'll pull up your Instagram here so people can see, but there's also a, um, a video. People scroll down, look for that seven-minute video called... Sure. You Need to Hear This. You Need to Hear This. Yeah. Um, so that's your that's yeah. your Instagram. L-U-K-E-K-O-H-E-N. Same thing with my website. Same thing with, uh, you know, all, yeah. my, all my handles. It's all there. So yeah. we'll make sure everyone's got yeah. the links and goes to check you out. Um, one final question that I ask everybody, and that is, if you had the one-time superpower of mental telepathy... Hmm. Or whatever that superpower is, but you could connect a message <laughs> to all 7.8 billion people on the planet. One short, sharp, impactful message. What would that be? If we can love ourselves, we can fully love each other. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I'm sitting in it because it is simple, yeah. but it's very profound. And I think, again, this goes back to the, you know, think thinking that we have to change the world fix the world do something massive but actually all we really need to do is just the answers are all here yeah so if we can do the inner work for ourselves and heal ourselves the ripple on the the, the ripple effect of that the return on impact is is massive exponential and it's not only for you it it it, it ripples seven generations back, mm. seven generations forward. 
it, it's actually uh, moves through consciousness itself. It ripples through through the fabric of creation when we do that work. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, man. <laughs> nice work. Yeah. Pleasure. Thanks for, Thanks for, having Thanks me for coming on. Guys, make sure you go check out Luke and uh, we'll see you next time back down the rabbit hole.